Hi, I'm Jessie Delo, your host of Madly Forever, a podcast in collaboration with The Fullest. Each episode, I'll help people move past their vision boards to create a life and relationship that they truly love. I, sometimes along with the help of my husband, Brian, will interview a variety of experts, psychologists, couples, and business partners to discover the science and secrets to successful compatibility. By pairing my expertise for manifestation with my background in therapeutic healing, I have manifested the life of my dreams. With this podcast, I aim to help others find their optimal alignment as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessie Delo, and I'm sitting here with Paige Appel, and I'm really excited to interview you, Paige. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hi. Um, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming. So there's a few reasons I asked you here to yeah. interview you. I know that you've been really public about your desire to have a baby, yeah. have a second child. Yeah. And you've been really um, proactive on on Instagram. Yeah. Sharing this journey. And you even have a hashtag. Like, yeah. I don't know exactly what the hashtag is. It's Paige and Tal's Road to Baby. Yeah. Paige yeah. and Tal's Road to Baby. Yeah. And I think it's so awesome that you're sharing this journey most people like hear about IVF and they, maybe it sounds like scary or it sounds mysterious or it sounds like, you know, something they know their friend did, but they don't really know what it looks like, what it feels like. And I think it's very, very cool that you've been able to share that with everyone. Thank you. So I'd love to hear more about how you, maybe just like your story and where you're at and what's going on. Yeah. Um, well, I'm 43. So I had a, my son when I was 29 and that was very easy pregnancy happened without trying. And, um, I had a, got divorced, so I wasn't able to have a second child in the interim, mm -hmm. but I always wanted one. I wanted a big family. Um, and Talmadge and I have been together seven years and we've been trying for about three years. So I had a very stressful career that kind of prevented us from trying before now. And I was really opposed to IVF because mm -hmm. I felt I'm a more of a Eastern medicine person, mm -hmm. very holistic. Um, I had a home birth with my son. Wow. I don't even take antibiotics, so I don't even really go to the doctor. So IVF, like the thought of shots and intervention and, um, just manipulating my body in that way felt really aggressive. For sure. So I had two miscarriages naturally with Tal and felt like I think I should go see a fertility doctor mm -hmm. just to find out what's going on mm -hmm. in my body. And the education I've gotten has been <laughs> unbelievably enlightening as I just didn't really have the information in my 40s. I thought, oh, I've gotten pregnant so easily before. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got pregnant, I got pregnant and had two miscarriages. I feel like my period's really regular. I, my eggs are good. I'm healthy. So I thought this is just going to happen for me. Um, but it hasn't. And so how long have you been trying now? Three years. Three years. Yeah. And when did the miscarriages happen? The miscarriages happened in 2016. Uh -huh. So I had two miscarriages in 2016. How far along were you? Um, eight weeks and then nine weeks. Uh -huh. So early miscarriages, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, both just not viable embryos. Mm -hmm. 
So there was some scar tissue in my uterus. So I had to have a surgery to take Mm. that out before we could start trying again. And then last summer, we just held off trying because we were traveling so much. We were in Switzerland, Italy, New York. We were all over the place last summer as I was wrapping up my event planner career. So then we started trying again in September of last year. So we tried again naturally for a few months. Didn't work. So then in January, we decided we would try IVF. I I was really resistant, I have to say. But I looked everywhere. Blogs, Instagram, Google for stories, success stories mm-hmm. of women in their 40s and younger and just mm-hmm. different fertility cases. And just couldn't find a lot of optimistic stories. I couldn't. I mean, I found success stories, but I didn't find a lot of information about the process. Right. I found a lot of just fear-based yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to go into anything with fear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is creating more fear. So if I do decide to do this, I need to step back. And then when I did, did decide to go through with IVF, I thought I'm going to share my story with less fear, more humor, maybe more just um, facts, like term terminologies that I had learned that I just didn't find online. Mm -hmm. And it has just been such an amazing journey because it's just the power of social media has been the comfort and information I've received has been so powerful and overwhelming, um, that it has given me strength to keep going, to do it again. And, and I didn't really feel that way. I thought, Oh, I'll try it once. But I have so many cheerleaders saying, don't give up, try again, try again, it's going to work. Wow. That I think that that spirit has really hugged me and enveloped me to keep going because it's just so not my nature to be doing this much intervention, but I want a baby so badly. We want a baby. Right. That I found so much joy in sharing about it. It's so cool. Yeah. And it is like, you're right. If Let's say you are an introverted person and you're not one to like call someone if you're in a bad place or you're like frustrated it is this outlet that you could be like you could still be very safe and and like quiet but share and get that feedback yeah and I'm glad you've had such a powerful positive experience because it's not always that way no yeah which is really awesome yeah it is it is I I think that social media does have that fine line of sometimes it feels like a place of fear and Mm -hmm. just will I be accepted and will Mm -hmm. I be embraced and then other times everyone shows up for you and you're like wow this is just this is what it should be right it is a community yeah and and I know that you also did um you did a is it like a fund me campaign for it as well yeah and so that's something I had never heard of either if you want to share a little bit about that yeah so the, the thing about IVF and fertility treatments in general is that most of the time they're not covered by insurance they're very expensive they Mm -hmm. are technically a luxury a lot of Mm -hmm. people can't do these things um so last year alone we spent about fifty thousand dollars on it so when we decided to do and there's no guarantee there's no guarantee Mm -hmm. so we had a few friends encourage us to do a gofundme for the next round and we thought oh that feels wrong it feels like that's for people who are really afflicted or Mm -hmm. in dire situations Mm -hmm. um but we just felt like this isn't actually fair. We don't have another $25,000 to spend. Like we 
it would be helpful if our friends, if, if a hundred friends gave us a hundred dollars, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Um, so we decided to do it and it was scary and also vulnerable. And yeah, within 24 hours, we had $15,000 and that was such a, again, such a reassurance of sharing and being vulnerable and letting people know we need help. And it's so heartwarming to see how many friends and some strangers show up for you. And that you're not alone. And that, yeah, I'm not alone. And And I would do it to anyone else. And so I thought about that with my intentions when I started the GoFundMe. I said, if I, if someone said to me, Mm -hmm. we're doing IVF, I would absolutely give them money because it's not like a hundred dollars is nothing, but 25,000 is a lot. Right. It's all about being in a community and realizing that we can all be there for each other. It takes a village to do everything. Yeah, it really does. And when you're a parent, you really realize that even more so. Yeah. And so I know, I mean, my parents struggled getting pregnant. I think I've told you that before. Your brother's adopted, right? Yeah, my brother's adopted. So I'm actually so grateful that my parents struggled getting pregnant. But I know it can be very difficult on a relationship. It can be very taxing and especially like sex on demand, all of these things that create a lot of pressure and a lot of, you know, unromantic, unsexy stuff that happens. So I'd love just like a window into that world. Yeah, I would say that's the hardest part. It's definitely staying connected sexually mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. with my partner, with Talmadge, mm-hmm. um, because it for so many months and still it's very charged around mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. ovulation time. It feels like, OK, you're right. not out of town. What we need to do it. I need to lay right. here with my legs in the air. Right. Like it becomes right. Um, it becomes a job. Right. And does it feel does it feel sexy? No, it feels not, like we're making a baby and this is like yeah. X, Y, Z that we have to do. Yeah, exactly. And so how does that, how does that manifest in your relationship? Otherwise, is there something that. I think it, it's a disruption mm-hmm. and I don't like disruptions mm-hmm. in my relationship. Mm-hmm. I think staying connected to your partner is so vital to your, to your home health, totally. to your psychological health, to your longevity, having gone through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Talmadge is such a teacher for me and such a mirror and just this relationship and this partnership is so much more solid um, than my marriage that I feel like I protect it Mm -hmm. in such a Mm -hmm. animalistic Mm -hmm. way. I really Mm -hmm. don't want it to be Mm -hmm. disrupted. I really don't want to have um, issues that are going to cause he and I to not be in sync. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... He's really been the rock, of course. He's open to every avenue. He's open to adoption. He's open to sperm donors, egg donors, which is a whole other conversation that mm-hmm. can happen at our age um, and at, and any age for people who can't get mm-hmm. pregnant. But I think the the key is to always be able to spend time together, to connect, to go out and date, to talk, to cry to go to therapy, like to really keep investing in each other and find what was like, find sexiness. Right. Because it's not sexy right. to right. be scheduling. Right. <laughs> so how do you do that? So how do you find it in those times? I think we, we just take months off where everyone's, that's so easy to say because every month we want to get pregnant. Right. So doctors and therapists and friends like, don't think about it this month. Like, don't, don't be stressed. And we're like, that's just not an option. Like, right. of course we're going to think about it. 
But I feel like taking us out of our environment, like just little things like going to a hotel for a night, totally. Um, taking a walk on a beach, like really in surrounding ourselves mm-hmm. in an environment where the world does seem small. I mean, the world seems big and we seem small. Right. Where we can be like, it really doesn't matter if we get pregnant or not. Like we have each other and yeah. I have a son and we can adopt. Like our journey isn't over. And those moments just reminding each other of that infinite possibility mm-hmm. that continues to grow inside us and that that brings us back to being intimate right and that you're a team together that we're a team in this together and that no one's you know out there on their own you know needing something that the other person doesn't also feel. you know exactly yeah sometimes it's just dinner at a a restaurant with some wine and just looking at each other and being like it's not over why like our journey's not over yeah or laughing about it laughing yeah yeah Yeah, I think that's... We laugh about it a lot. Yeah, that's Even just finding each other later in life, we laugh about how... How did you guys meet? We met through work um, many years ago when I was an event planner. He has a mixologist company called Pharmacy. Right. um, And he also owns Hilo, the store. Right, right. The liquor store. And so he um, used to do these speakeasies. And I got invited to one. And I just went and, like, listened to him ramble on about an old fashioned or like <laughs> prohibition era cocktails. And I was like, Oh, this is sexy. Like he's cute. Um, and then he started pursuing me and I was like, we work together and I would hire him a lot for events. Uh-huh. Um, but he was relentless and pursuing, really? oh, I pursuing love that. me. That's how it should be. <laughs> so it was really sweet. And, um, so yeah, that was about seven years ago and, and yeah, we've just really evolved well in our career, like in our business. Because we own High Love together. I know, it's so cool yeah. that you guys have the shop, Midland Shop, if you haven't been to it. Anyone who's listening is my favorite shop. It's amazing. It's Thank beautiful. You. It's like you're stepping into like a picture perfect, local, like everything is so yeah. <clears throat> ethical and just amazing yeah. and gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah. And then Hilo is just a few yeah. blocks. It's like not like even. Three, three stores down. Yeah. Three stores down. And also it's just like a yeah. gorgeous, I mean, like the it's best. It's like the new modern bodega. Yeah. So that's kind of what we. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. So your business partner, yeah. Kelly, her, is it her, her husband? Her husband is business partners with Talmadge. Yeah. So yeah, like, the four of us are just one big family. That yeah. is so awesome. So how did you and Kelly meet? Kelly and I met online um, doing she was doing flowers and I was doing events and we started teaming up to work on a photo shoot together. And then we did a book launch party together about 10 years ago. And then daily candy was round and they yeah. wanted to do a piece on us and we weren't officially partners. So we were just working together constantly. And my company was called bash and hers was called yes, please. So we said, okay, let's just form bash, please. And yeah. Then it became a thing because people thought it was the play on bitch, please. And we're like, oh, no, no, no. It's just like the formation of our two business names. Um, But it just was happenstance when Daily Candy reached out. So we started the business together and that was 10 years ago. And then, yeah, we sold it about a year and a half ago. Wow. Yeah. So that was the stressful one because you were probably always traveling. I mean, being a wedding and event planner is just insane. You're like at the whim of someone else's. It's been named one of the top four stressful careers next to being a firefighter, a military person, and a policeman. It's so crazy. unbelievable. It's like producing a movie with one take. And I've been saying that for years because it literally is like this high pressure million dollar event. And you you only have 
one chance to get it right. And there's, there's no, so like, many emotions involved. So many emotions involved. And so involved. many like opinions involved. Oh my gosh. So and, you have to be super aligned to be partners in that business too. Yeah. Because that is no joke. That's like pressure's no on. No joke. And so now you guys started Midlinch together. Yeah. And it seems like you guys work so well together. We're really the perfect combination. So I'd love to hear more about that because yeah. I'd love to hear more about how a business partnership can thrive and be sustainable for a long time. And you know, just the dynamic that you guys have together. Why does it work? I think it works because we have a solid foundation of trust. And I think like a marriage or any long-term relationship, you get to a place of recognizing your strengths, your partner's strengths, your weaknesses, your partner's weaknesses, and being in a safe place to be vulnerable about those things. So knowing that what she's good at, I let her lead. Knowing what I'm good at, she lets me lead. And then if there needs to be a conversation where we're not on the same page, it's a, it's very safe. We can say what we feel. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, we let the stronger person. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the ego is like. There's no, you can't have exactly. an ego. So the ego is what interferes a lot of times when someone yeah. wants to control but they really know the other person yeah. is better. So allowing someone to shine their strengths to shine and knowing yeah. that that elevates your business. Yeah. And also yeah. not needing individual credit. Mm. So if something is her idea and the business thrives on this idea and we run with it, she would never say it was her idea. It's our idea. I if love it's that. my idea, it's our idea. I love that. And we never fight for that credit. We never fight for the ego. I think that's all. key. It's I so really key. Do. And I think that's key in such a bigger picture for everything, not just your business. Yeah. But if you take away the need for credit for anything, but if it's serving like the higher good and the higher purpose, it, it allows things to open up and flow so much more than like so craving the, the need to own it. Yeah. I think we always, if we ever come to a stalemate, we just say what's ultimately best for the business and then what's best for us as mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and that usually the answer just shows itself. But I love that. I That's think, really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, we're best friends. Like we want to hang so, out outside of work. We love each other. We love each other's kids and families. It's so and, nice because when you spend so much time together, yes. it's so rare. Usually it's like, okay, see you, see you yeah. next week. No, I mean, I spend more time with her than I do anyone else. Like more than my kid, more wow. than Talmadge. So yeah. And so how has it been? I know that she got pregnant, not even intentionally, yeah, right? Right. While you're so intentionally trying to get pregnant. Yeah. And of course there's like, you know, that, yeah. that dynamic there. The beauty of our friendship and the beauty of Kelly is that she came to me when she got pregnant the third time and right. It wasn't planned. And the heart that she has, she came in to me crying saying, mm. I, I don't want this. Like, I want you to have this. I want, I want to give this baby to you. Oh. I know how hard this is for you right mm -hmm. now going through this. I mean, she completely came to me with me in mind. So sweet. And in that, for me, I'm like, no, this is your journey. This is about you. If you want a third child, if you don't want a third child, right. whatever your decision is, right. um, I support you. Our journeys in this way are very different. She had a hard time getting pregnant with her first daughter, Lucy and then Coco the second daughter came quickly and then now Van her son came quickly and I think her struggle is so different than mine 
three kids under the age of five. Oh my goodness. It's is a lot. Her. Yeah. Um, and I think again, just acknowledging that someone that you love, their journey is different than yours, makes it so much easier to support them. Totally. Of course, there are moments where she might, she might have been complaining, and I was like, "You can't complain to me. Like, right. you're you're a lucky one." Right. But she might not feel lucky. She might feel like this isn't. I don't feel lucky. I feel burdened. Mm-hmm. And so I think hearing each other. And that our struggles are so different. She's so supportive of me. I'm so supportive of her. And also just we're, we have that trust where we can say, I can't hear that right now. Right. I, it's, a, it's like sisters. Yeah. It's really family. Totally. It's that relationship where it's like the realness allows everything to. A hundred percent. Because if the second that you try to like, pretend, you know, pretend something's fine when it's not. And yeah. then it just like festers underneath yeah. the surface. That's when it becomes toxic. And also like, I think defensiveness. Yeah. I heard one of my, one of my gurus say, um, her name is Byron Katie. She said, defense is the first act of war. Hmm. And I've always kept that in mind. And Kelly as well. Like whenever something comes up where you're like, this is creating resistance and I feel defensive to be able to just say, I feel defensive. I don't know why, but I think I, I love can- that. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love that. I think I can't talk about it right now because I don't want to create a war. Right. I'm not ready because I haven't processed what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many arguments could be eliminated if, again, you you acknowledge the resistance that comes up in Mm -hmm. you. And I think she and I are both really good at that. I love that. Labeling the the defensiveness rather than coming back with a a defense, a remark that's like, you can't erase it. Right. You can, you can then like discuss why you're feeling defensive when you're ready. Yeah. But once you defend yourself in a way that might be aggressive, yeah. it sparks. It's, that's yeah. a really useful tip. I yeah. think. Yeah. It be, that's when the war starts. 100%. And the yeah. defensiveness creates the other person to let, it's usually an attack exactly. received as an attack from yeah. the other person. Whereas you just, you don't even know why you feel it. Sometimes it could be no. triggering something else that has yeah. nothing to do with the situation whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I think getting clarity, just getting clarity yeah. around why the defense is coming up or, yeah. and even just getting clarity on why you took it as an offense. Right. Right. When it might not have been intended that way. Right. Just requires so much mindfulness around the communication. Totally. So I think she and I have gotten really good about that. And I think the Talmud and I are really good about that too. It's just, we always say clarity is kindness. Like, okay, let's hmm. be clear. Even if it's hard to hear, like, what I hear is that you're struggling with this and I don't know if it's about me or something else, but once you get to like the foundational issue, right. then you can work from there. But, right. but, but if all it's the just, murkiness, it's just the murkiness of the defense and the offense that it's the shit that doesn't even have to do with the actual issue. No, it usually has to do with a visceral program response that you have adapted from childhood or some kind of negative pattern in your life or yeah. from your ego. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you can see the situation for what it is clearly. Yes. And not bring all of your baggage with yeah. you into this thing. It's the hardest thing yeah, to do. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. But it sounds like, it sounds like you've like had, you've, um, you're well-versed in it. Like you've practiced this and where did you, you said you had a guru. How did you learn these techniques? I think I just, I think a colorful life, honestly, I think just years of experience, heartbreak, pain, things not going the way. I wanted them to Mm -hmm. marriage, not working out, um, baby, not working out, Mm -hmm. uh, a very stressful business with a lot of Mm -hmm. difficult personalities. 
um, own issues with my parents. I grew up in a very critical household, mm. um, learning how to take criticism well and constructively and not make it an attack. Mm-hmm. Um, therapy, mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. meditation. I mean, just really, I think, evolving into a comfortable place with my humanity and also just learning communication skills, which Talmadge and Kelly, both my two partners in life, have taught me so much. And having a child. My teenager teaches me every I'm day sure. that I just don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> or doing. And how I think just every day thinking, if you wake up going, I am excited to learn something. Mm-hmm. I don't know things. Then you approach things, I feel, from a place where you're not going through life defensive. I think most people right. go through life defensive. Yeah, they're trying to protect their ego. Trying to protect their, their sense ego, of self, of what they their know. Their image, yeah. yeah. It's hard for people to take criticism. It's hard for people to hear from their children or parents or partners that they're not perfect. And I think if you just kind of welcome it, yeah, then it, life gets so much easier. There's less resistance. I completely agree. I think it's like, it's exactly those moments where you are challenged that your yeah. opportunity is to grow and expand and to evolve. And without yeah. these, our relationships are our teachers. They're yeah. our greatest teachers. So if you just close yourself off to everyone who just validates your sense of self and your ego, then you're not evolving. You're not around people who actually, yeah. you know, heighten your sense of self in right. this world. Totally. So yeah, I think welcoming is like, okay, why am I feeling this defensiveness right now? Where does that come from? Rather than defending yourself against this person who might just actually be illuminating yeah. something you didn't know about. I think that's such a good word, illuminating. Yeah, because it is illuminating if you look at it objectively. Yeah, you're like, oh, what? Let's talk about that more. Yeah, like, yeah. What no, is- I, I actually could use that in my own life. I think. I think, you know, it's very easy to when you're when you're in a conflict. All, like think that you know the answer you know think oh, that you're right that yeah. like the other person they're crazy the other person yeah. oh my gosh you're you're nuts you're being it's like if you really it's so simple but put yourself in the other person's shoes yeah see something from a different point of view and just look at something a little bit differently yeah it's really amazing what can like everything softens yeah just like you were saying you go somewhere else that makes you feel like you see a bigger picture of the yeah. world rather than your small little you know yeah your universe yeah Yeah. so that's yeah that's really important to remember thank you for that totally I think I think I'm going to take that word with me illuminating because I always feel like when you're in those situations again it is hard to it's hard not to be right not to want to be right and not to want to control Mm -hmm. and illuminating just has a bright sense about it yeah you're like oh I actually want to I want to wake yeah. up to yeah. this moment and see what's beyond me. Totally. Otherwise, I'm just, I'm keeping myself limited. Right. And this whole process with the IVF too, it's like, it's a ch- our challenges are our greatest teachers and they push us to our limits and yeah. they make us, you know, look at the parts of ourselves that might be, you know, yeah, harder to, you know, just like when it, when it pushes you to your limit. Yeah. So where do you feel like you are on that scale of like frustration on? It's a roller coaster. With the IVF, it's it's a day to day thing. I think some days I feel really strong and okay, and I ask myself if I'm 
delusional if I'm telling myself I'm okay or mm-hmm. if I'm allowing myself to have feelings. Mm-hmm. And then other days I really feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. I go into the sadness. I go into the anger. I go into the frustration of feeling ignorant. I think I felt like, oh, it's going to be so easy for me to have a baby. And then learning more about egg quality in your 40s and just how this all happens through stress and through diet. Mm -hmm. And I've drastically changed all of that, my stress levels, my diet. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a bonus. That's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have another friend who's going through this and she's also 43 and she's, she hasn't changed her diet. Mm -hmm. She hasn't changed her stress levels. And she said to me the other day, she's feel, I can sense her defensiveness with me. Mm -hmm. And she said, I feel like you just need to stop talking to me about this. And I said, okay. I said, I just want you to feel as good as I do, because even if it doesn't work out for either of Mm -hmm. us, I know that I optimized my efforts and that I did everything I could. And I think also my changes have made me mentally stronger to be able to handle the setbacks. And I see that when you have a setback, you really do get depressed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I don't get sad. I get Mm -hmm. sad and I go inward for a few days, but I'm able to regroup and I'm not, I just want to help you. Mm -hmm. And I think what she and I are teaching each other is that there are, like, we love each other. We've been friends since high school and she has a different approach than I do. And I'm compassionately wanting her to optimize her efforts, but it's her journey. Right. It's not my journey, but I know that my journey, if, even if it doesn't work out for me, I know that I've done all I can to help my egg quality, to really change my stress levels, to lower my cortisol. I mean, to Mm -hmm. really lower my cortisol levels, adrenal support. I think stress is a major problem with Mm -hmm. fertility. Mm -hmm. And I think diet is, I think sugar, gluten, dairy, all these things are toxic to the system, to your digestive system that ultimately affects egg quality. Sure. And learning all of this has just, again, been so illuminating. And I want to share that with others. Right. I want to say, oh, here's what's working for me. Well, what's so cool is you can, you have a platform. You yeah. can lead by example. Yeah. And I think this is becoming, it's going to become more and more of an issue as people want to reproduce later on in life, yes. you know, and that's going to be more of a everyday yeah. scenario. And I think some giving a voice to that movement. And so people don't feel so, like you said, ignorant or alone yeah. or just, you know, kind of like hopeless. Yeah. Um, and showing like, even, you know, whatever the end result is, it's like, here's the process and here's what it looks like. And here's what it feels like. And you're not alone in it. And giving people inspiration is so powerful. Just so someone can like grasp onto something else, even just seeing one other person go through it. Because often it's behind closed doors. Yeah. So I've seen you even put shots of like pictures of like your your needles that you have to inject, right? Yeah, I didn't, I really felt strongly about that. I had one friend say, oh, I'm going to have to stop following you while you do that because that just looks too painful. And I said, I know, but I couldn't find... I couldn't find photos of this out there. I didn't know how much blood I was going to have to give. I didn't know how many shots it were. Like I couldn't find and you do this it information. In a beautiful way, I have to say, it's like oh. y- your photos are beautiful, but Thank it's you. of it's real deal stuff. You know, yeah. it's like what what's going on. And I think that if you use social media in that way, 
And I think you're very passionate about that, using it as a source of information, yeah. of inspiration, of like even politically. I think you've you've been charged up, and I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, because I think I think it's really easy. I mean, you're a shop owner; you could just put clothes and and products all day long if you wanted to, right? I mean, you could, and I think that's again so limiting. I feel like even with my shop and the the campaign we did, yeah. it felt like people were confused on is this going to be about clothes? Like, this isn't going to be about clothes. Like we sell these clothes, but there's not going to be link. They're not shoppable links. We are, we're so much more than just a shop. Like that's how we make our living. And it's a beautiful way to make a living. And I'm inspired by these designers and makers I get to carry, but I'm also so much more. I'm also political. I'm also holistic. Like I feel like we're all dynamic and we can use Like social media is how we connect now. Right, for sure. It is how I keep in touch with my friends, close friends, friends, not so close acquaintances. It's how, yeah, Yeah. it's how I get inspired. It's how I find resources. Mm -hmm. It's how I find news. Mm -hmm. So I feel like what, no matter your small, a small following or a large following, you can make a small impact by being dynamic on there. Absolutely. And Taking pretty photos or not pretty photos, but something of substance. Yeah. And I even feel like with the campaign that you did and how it was supporting all of these amazing causes and yeah. with the with the children's campaign and their yeah. causes, which is so adorable so and so, sweet. so heartwarming. But it's almost like Midland is, even though that is the way you earn your living, but it's so much more than a shop. And it's like, yeah. it could be this, it could be all of those things. Right. You know, you have a platform through that. I hope a hub so. of that, which is really interesting and cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why, like why women today and, and men too, we have, we're living in so much opportunity mm-hmm. to be more than just, um, one thing, uh, yeah. one thing, yeah, one linear trajectory. Yeah. And I think that's like you, like you, you're so inspiring on so many levels with how you glow. Now you're doing a podcast. I feel like you have been so open about your relationship with Brian and meeting him. And I feel like there's inspiration in your energy online and what you you. put out there. And I think even just saying how much you love your family is (laughs) it's, that's a gift. I don't think people do that as much as they should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what's interesting about it. I think you're, you pick up on whatever you need, right? It's like with anything in life, like you connect with whatever it is that you're seeking. Yeah. So you could walk down the street and you only really are able to take in so much, right? It's whatever your perception allows for in that moment. And it's what you're drawn to. So it's like, if you're going through something and and someone, you know, let's say you're in a funk and and something might make you feel bad or, you know, you could see like the negativity in something or you could see, you know, a comparison that makes you feel bad or you could like see something that really like completely transforms the way you viewed that thing yeah so it's so true yeah it's it's really a way to if if people use it in a way that's like okay I'm gonna allow this to really elevate my mood not make me sad about it yeah I think that's a really a really big problem that exists right now is that a lot of people are feeling really really bad when they look at Instagram and I, I know a lot of people who like limit their use and or yeah. even delete it because it's making them feel so much less than. And so I'm glad that you say that because, you know, when someone posts a photo of I love my family so much, 
you hope the the reaction is, oh, that's inspiring. Like, yeah, I should tell my family I love them or I want a family like that one yeah. day or I want to feel that. So therefore, I'm going to like, you know, m- take a mental image of this and tap into that. Yeah. Not like, oh, like I have I don't have this. So I'm like, you know, a fail, you know, whatever yeah. it is that you might go to. And I think that like if there is some sort of guidance around how to navigate the world in that way. Yeah. Forget about social media, but just tapping into the things that make you feel like you want more of that yeah. rather than feeling less than because you don't have it. Yeah. Manifesting it. Yeah. Because you, you teach it. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's so true. And I think like you said, you take in what you want. And I think if you're, if someone's on Instagram or on social media and they're feeling angry or jealous or um, just negative about it, they need to take an inquiry. And right. think, why? Why am I upset that someone else is happy? Why am I upset that this person's in love? I think right. they need to manifest that in their own life. They need to make changes in their life. But I had a friend recently say, oh, I feel bad just putting out, like, my life is good on Instagram. And I said, you can put out whatever you want. If you want to put out that you had a hard day, you want to put out that you had rough travels, like, put it out there. But if you want to put out the good stuff, like, don't feel bad about that. Right, right. There is, if someone is causing you to feel bad about that, that's their stuff. Right. It's not yours. Yeah. And I always think it's about the intention behind it. Like, are you doing this to like rub it in someone's face? No. Are you doing this to like genuinely share your happiness? Yeah. Great. Like it's all about the intention behind everything and people feel that intention. I totally agree. I even Mm -hmm. asked myself before I'm going to post, what's my intention here? Yeah. Is my intention to update people's my intention to create a journal is my intention to share love like and I think if my intention is pure then the post like then you feel good about it I feel it. good yeah, about and it and that's I all that matters all that matters because however someone else interprets it that's their own thing yeah right exactly. so it's like if you can feel good about your intention in any interaction yeah. you've got your side of the street clean you're good you know totally and I think that's important to remember too so, so what's the, what's next for you? Are you doing another? We're taking this month off. Okay. Yeah. I talked to my doctor. Um, we just did a failed IUI and I hate to say failed, um, but an unsuccessful IUI, but I actually think. What is IUI? IUI means, um, intrauterine insemination. Okay. Which is, um, in layman's term, the turkey baster. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> sexy. Yeah. So sexy. Um, but it's less invasive and less expensive than the IVF. And for me, it just felt more natural. The IVF is when they take the eggs out okay. and um, inject them with the sperm in a dish and try to get an embryo outside your body. Where I felt like if I'm working on my egg quality and we can get good sperm from Talmadge because they do a wash. They have this thing called the chip now that like it blocks any sperm that's not the right shape. Huh? It's like a filter. Wow. So it's like recreating what your body would naturally sort of do. Yeah. So then they just inject the good sperm uh-huh. into my uterus, right into my uterus, uh-huh. kind of bypassing my uh-huh. cervix, not kind of, but directly bypassing right. my cervix. Um, and it felt much more natural for mm. us in that way. Um, so she said we should try again next month. Mm. So I'm just going to take this month to 
get the hormones out of my body, cleanse, reset, go to the beach, Mm -hmm. and then we'll try again next month. Mm -hmm. And that feels good to us right now. If we need to do another round of IVF down the line, we will. But Mm -hmm. I still feel hopeful that this might work. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish the best for you guys. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that's so smart to just take your time, Yeah, you know, and not feel the pressure. And yeah. like you said, the stress is the most inhib. like that's what kind of. Yeah. Inhibits. Inhibits. Yeah. yeah. So I think just tuning into when you feel you need a break. Yes. is probably just so, so important. It's so important. Yeah. And also just getting that support. And being open and being able to share it and not feeling like you're isolated in your journey. Yeah, I think that's been so helpful. Just people reaching out and saying, I did four IUIs or I did six. And because wow. one doesn't work and you think, oh, none right. are going to work. Right. Um, no, but- I just spoke to someone who who did a, a, a bunch and has a beautiful baby boy. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like. You don't, you never know where you're at in the journey right. when you're in it, right? Right. Like you don't know where the light is at yeah. the end, how far along, which is kind of the beauty too. Like you just don't know. We don't know about anything. The timing will be right. Yeah. When it's right. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Paige. Yeah. No, thank you so much for having me. You're amazing. Oh, I'm you're so amazing. happy that we got to hang and, and chat. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so you. everyone can visit Paige's Instagram to see what we're talking about with her updates with her you know just beautiful photos and all sorts of great stuff at Paige Appel that's her name it's like Apple but E-L instead of L-E yeah (laughs) A-P-P-E-L yeah All right. thank you thanks for listening Mm -hmm.